The Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in upon him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there on the shore. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon and asked Simon to put the boat a little way from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put the boat into deeper water and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and have caught absolutely nothing. Yet you say that I will do it, so I will do it. I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were starting to break. So they signaled their partners to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats that so many fish that the boats began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were there were amazed at the catch of the fish that they had taken. And so also were, were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything behind and they followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. We are reading in the Gospel of Luke, and this is where we are in the book of Luke. We've read so far Jesus preaching his first sermon in his hometown, and his message was not well received. Jesus preached about bringing good news to the poor. He preached about justice. He preached about setting people free. And you would think that this is a message that people would want to hear. However, they did not see the Son of God. They saw that little boy who grew up in their congregation. So they drove him out of town and they were ready to throw him off a cliff. But Jesus passed through the crowd and things quickly changed for him. He went to Capernaum and he started teaching and, and people started to really listen to what he was saying. And they were astounded by his teaching because he spoke with authority. And then he started to heal people. He started to cast out demons. He started to do the things that he was actually preaching about. And word about this person named Jesus started to go around from people to people and his popularity started to grow. So people started to come from all over just to see Jesus, just to be close to him, to hear what he had to say. And eventually Jesus needed to create some time and space away from the crowds because they were pressing in on him. And Jesus looks around as these crowds are coming to him and he sees these two boats. The fishermen were off washing their nets. So Jesus gets in one of them and calls Simon Peter over. And I absolutely love this because sometimes God doesn't ask our permission for, to be involved in our life. 
God's grace just comes to us whether we are ready for it or not. And, and he eventually gets around to having Peter come into the boat and into the water with him. And, and Peter had been fishing all night and he was now cleaning his nets ready to go home. I'm guessing he didn't want to fish anymore. He wanted to go home and go to bed. But Jesus takes him out into the water anyway. We don't know why Peter says yes. Maybe he knew who Jesus was and, and maybe he was just used to this kind of thing. Or maybe he was so grateful that Jesus healed his mother-in-law earlier in the Gospel of Luke. And there's nothing that he wouldn't do for Jesus. Or maybe he was just that kind of guy. The kind of guy who would push out on the shore with, with someone in his boat just because that's what he did. But the scripture says that Jesus taught the crowds. And then when he was done teaching, he sat down and he said, Peter, let's go out to deeper water. Jesus tells this to Peter and Peter does what Jesus asks of him. And then Jesus asks him to put his nets into the water. Now, now Peter was just finished cleaning these nets. He was out all night. He didn't catch anything. And Jesus is asking him to put his nets out into the water. Peter does what Jesus asks him to do. And I love that pretty much nothing changes in what they were doing this time around. It wasn't a new net. There wasn't a special spot on the lake. There's no new technique in fishing. Nothing is different from what they had been doing all night except that Jesus spoke to them. And they were doing what Jesus says. Jesus spoke to them. The word of God was entering in their life. And they were hearing this word of God. But they were having a tough time believing that anything would be different. But this time their nest did not come up empty. They were filled with fish. So much fish that the nets were starting to break. So much fish that the boats were starting to sink. And I can only imagine the expression on the fishermen's faces as they struggled to haul in this unexpected catch. They had to call their friends to help, and they barely got the nets into the boat, and they barely got the boats back to the shore. And they were filled with awe and wonder. And after seeing this massive haul, Peter sees a side of Jesus that he never saw before. Because for the first time in his life, Jesus sees Peter fall down onto his knees and Peter confesses to Jesus. Maybe it was a a lack of self-esteem after being out all night. Or maybe Peter had this massive personal insight. Or, Or maybe it was a sheer amount of grace infused into his life that made a significant difference in Peter's life, which made him fall down on his knees. But we see this simultaneously infused experience of joy and fear. Where we are in awe of receiving much more than we have ever deserved. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing enters into Peter's life. And something changed. Something was different inside of him. And Jesus, seeing Peter on his knees, noticing what has happened, says to Peter, do not be afraid. Now, the 
phrase, do not be afraid, is repeated in the Bible 120 times. One of the most common phrases in the Bible. And, and do not be afraid is most used in the book of Luke. Again and again and again and again and again, we are told, do not be afraid. Trust in God. Trust in Jesus. Jesus comes into our life, so we do not have to be afraid anymore. But the very next thing that Jesus asked Peter to do is something bigger and larger than he had ever imagined. He is no longer catching fish. He is now catching people. He is catching people in the unimaginable, in life-changing way of offering the grace of God in people's lives. Peter has no reason to expect this call, but Jesus calls him anyway. Because that's how God works. God is always choosing the unlikeliest characters whom God is going to do God's work through. God is dispelling all doubts and fears, all excuses, all shortcomings. And marvelous things are starting to work in people's lives because God calls them. Of course, the next thing that the fishermen do is give up everything, their professions, their livelihoods, their families, their friends, everything in order to follow Jesus. Now, we too are called disciples of God. We too are called to give up everything. Well, maybe not everything. We are called to give up all of the necessary things that hold us back from living into the things that God is calling us to do. We are not called to sell all our possessions and give our money to the poor. We are not called to give up everything and to travel across this country in order to follow Jesus. But what are you willing to give up now in order to fulfill your calling from God? You know, when I think about our church, our church universal, when I think about the future of the church, I start to have this knot in my stomach. I start to think about the uncertainty, the doubts and the fears that come with being the church in today's world. Think about all the things we have experienced over the years, all the joys, all the successes, all the happiness. But I also think about the failures, all the shortcomings of being the church in the world today. I think about my time as a pastor in the church. There are many, many, many experiences over the years in the church that I have not been a part of. But when I think about the church and our future, and I had this knot in my stomach, and the only way I can describe it is, is fear, worry about what is to come. But then I am also reminded that our story isn't done I am reminded of Jesus coming into our lives saying, do not fear, do not be afraid. Jesus is coming to each and every one of us to call us to do things that we can't even imagine. Jesus isn't finished calling people who know their sins and doubts and fears and inadequacies firsthand. Jesus comes into our life to speak to us, to speak to us in all our accomplishments, in all our joys, in all our successes. Jesus is bringing the word of God into each and every one of us. And we are fused with that joy and doubt and fear all at the same time. There is this level of uncertainty about what is to happen. But through God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. God's love never fails. God's love never ends. 
And this, my friends, enables us to continue to cast our nets, to cast them even when we come up with nothing over and over again, to cast them even when we are tired and we are ready to give up, to cast them so that we can see the power of God in our lives, that we can experience the fulfillment of God's promises. Because God continues to speak to us in unimaginable ways. So when we fall to our knees and confess our sins and say we are sinful beings, we are sinful people, and we ask for your forgiveness, God, God comes to us and looks into our very eyes and says, I am with you. I forgive you. I am going to give you grace upon grace upon grace. And I am still going to call you because you, you are my blessed and beloved child. You are special in my sight. That is the promise of God. That is what it means to be a called disciple of Christ. To continue to push forward even when it seems bleak, even when the future seems like it doesn't even exist at this point. Because God is with us. God will never, ever leave us. And that is a promise of God. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name. Amen.